Thanks so much for listening to the Clifton Church of Christ sermon podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope if ever you're in Clifton, Texas, you'll stop by and say hello. We hope you enjoy this sermon. Good morning. Andrew just announced the title to my lesson, and he didn't know it. Be seated, please. That's it. And if I do my job correctly this morning, that'll make sense. So hopefully that'll be the case. In my preaching career, I guess you might call it, I've signed a lot of marriage license. And as you sign, as the officiant signs his name, then under that it says title. And what I always put was minister of the gospel. And, and you know, I think, most of us know that gospel means good news. So I'm excited this morning that in Drew's absence, I have a chance to minister some good news to you. And um, hopefully that's what will happen as well uh, if I do my job correctly. Let me start by sharing with you a story that you may or may not have heard. But there was an old man sitting on a park bench and he was just crying his eyes out, just sobbing uncontrollably. And a fellow saw him and he went up to him and he said, excuse me, sir. He said, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? What's wrong? He said, well, I've been real lonely here lately and I have some friends that thought it would be good for me to go on a cruise and meet some new people. So I went on a cruise and lo and behold I did meet some new people and, and I met a young girl that was just graduated from college and, and her parents had bought her this cruise as a graduation present. And believe it or not we hit it off. And things got kind of crazy and before I knew it we had been married on that ship. And now she's in my house, and I'm sitting here on this bench crying. <laughs> and he said, oh, I see. You, you finally come to the realization that you made a big mistake. He said, no, I can't remember where I live. <laughs> well... Sometimes it's possible for us as Christians to forget where we live. And I think Satan is behind that. He wants us to forget where we live and who we are. Because if he can do that, he, know, he knows he's won half the battle. And so what I want to do this morning and, is help us to remember who we are and where we live. And I see too many Christians these days who can't get their minds around the fact that their home is in heaven. Amen. I think we, we hear that and then Satan comes along and he says, Oh, you know, that's not true. Uh, you're not going to believe that, are you? I mean, I know you and you know you. And that's just not going to happen. But the truth is, we've been issued permanent visas from heaven. 
and have a place at God's banquet table reserved with our name on it. Have you ever been to a banquet and you've been walking in there in those long tables and fancy tablecloths and they have those placards with, with the person uh, who is supposed to be their name on there and you're walking through there and you're getting a little bit nervous because you haven't found your name and then all of a sudden you come to a place, oh, there we are. Well, your name is on the banquet table reserved in heaven. And what I want us to do is please be seated. There you go. Now turn your Bibles to Colossians 3. And I don't, you know, don't have the means to shoot it up there where you can see it. So just use your Bible or your phone or whatever <laughs> means you have. And I want you to look at the first four verses of Colossians chapter 3. Because here Paul, the apostle, is going to tell us who we are and he's really going to designate where we live. Listen, here's how it goes. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Did you notice that Paul emphasizes setting and sitting here in this passage? He says to set your minds and set your hearts on the place where Christ is setting, is sitting. I had trouble in grade school distinguishing between sit and set, and sometimes I still do. Christ, he says, was raised from the dead. That's ultimately important, absolutely necessary for our salvation. But notice that God didn't just raise Christ. He also seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, he says, uh, at, at the place of greatest authority, greatest honor at God's right hand. And he says to us, who are Christians, you have been raised with Christ. Now, kind of keep something in that passage, but, but I want you to back up a couple of books to Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to really focus on, I want us to focus on verse 6. Ephesians 2. He begins though in verse 1. <coughs> he said, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Now, I've, you know, I've done a lot of funerals, too, and I've seen a lot of dead people. And I know one thing about a dead person. They can't do a thing. And neither can you, if you're dead, about the fact that you're dead. You just can't do a thing about it. But down there in verse 4, he says, but God. So he didn't say you're dead, but you. He said you're dead, but God. But God, and I love those two words, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. That means you didn't have a thing to do with it. Grace is a gift. You didn't earn a thing. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he says, it says that Jesus is 
seated in the heavenly realm, the heavenly places. It literally just says the heavenlies. The heavenlies. But that's the realm, that's the world that we cannot see. We can see this world that we're in, this temporary one, but we can't see except with our eyes of faith, the heavenlies. But he said that's where Christ is seated, and he says, and you've been seated there too. With Christ. Isn't that amazing? We were dead and all of a sudden he made us alive, raised us up, and then seated us with him. Did you know that? Did you know we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly realm? You probably did. But sometimes you forget or maybe you say, oh, I couldn't sit there. I know I don't deserve to sit there. No, you don't deserve to sit there, but Jesus paid our sin debt, and now, because of what he did, we've been seated there. And so stay there. You know, don't, don't let Satan uh, dupe you into leaving your place. Please be seated at the right hand of God. And since that's true, since we're seated with him, we need to allow where we're seated to affect the way we walk or the way we live. Here's another way of saying it. We must allow where we sit to affect how we walk, how we do things. If our lives are hidden in Christ, and he says they are, and if Christ is seated at the right hand of God and we're seated with him, where do we really live? Well, where Christ is. And if you really are with Christ in the heavenly realm, then we need to make sure we're living and loving like a Christian citizen should. I, I feel like I should say, I love you, and I do. Y'all might have noticed that some. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because I want to be like Jesus. And we ought, we ought to let that just kind of become a common thing. But that's what a true citizen does. You see, the behavior of too many Christians suggests that they've forgotten where they live. Somebody sent me a, an email here a while back about a mouse that died and went to heaven. Brooke shuddered at the word mouse. <laughs> I, I, I felt it from here. Uh, he, this mouse went to heaven and so when he got there he, he was asked is there you know you've made it is there anything we could do to make your stay here better oh he said there sure is he said I, I I've had to spend my whole life running from cats and my feet are so tired and I sure would like a pair of roller skates where I could just skate around heaven. He said, done. And then later a cat showed up. Now, now you knew dogs went to heaven, but you didn't know cats did. <laughs> but a cat uh, entered heaven, and so he was asked, um, anything we could do for you to make your stay here better? And he said, oh, there sure is. He said, all my life I've, I've had to sleep on the cold, hard ground. I sure would like one of those fluffy pillows to lay on. Done. Well, later, St. Peter was coming around. He went by the cat. He said, how's everything going? Everything good? He said, oh, man, it couldn't be better. 
said, that pillow is wonderful and those meals on wheels are even better. <laughs> well, see, the cat forgot how a citizen of heaven ought to act. And sometimes we forget how we ought to act because maybe we've kind of forgotten where it is we actually live. Because that will make a difference. Where we live will make a difference in how we live. And so we need to learn to live like people who've been seated at the right hand of honor uh, and glory with God. Now, I want you to see four truths. Before I go to that, let me, I, I almost skipped something that I wanted to share. The message that Eugene Peterson's version of Scripture, I think, called the message. It reads in Colossians 3, 1 like this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Act like it. So where we live ought to make a difference in how we act. I think there... I know there's been a time in my life where I had that all backwards. And sometimes I think we can get that backwards. Uh, and when we do, it kind of comes out something like this. Is if you'll straighten up your life and live right and act right and do good enough, then maybe um, you'll get to live in heaven someday. When really, and it took me a while to see this, when really what Scripture teaches us is that you now have been seated in the heavenly realm with Christ. That's where you live, so live like it. It's the you are, walk as idea. And, and the first time I, that really uh, made an impression on me, I was reading through Ephesians 5 again. And in Ephesians 5 verse 8, he says, you were once, he said, you were darkness. You were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. He didn't say, see if you can be light. He said, you are light. Now live like light. You're light. Live a light life. You're salt. Be a salty. You are a light of the world. He didn't say go see if you can be a light. He said you are a light. Now don't cover that up. You remember? So we live in the heavenly realm. We need to learn to live like it and act like it, smile like it, laugh like it, and all of those. And, and our, our lifestyle doesn't purchase our citizenship in heaven, but our lifestyle should reflect our citizenship in heaven. I just heard, I just heard Drew say, does that make sense? <laughs> does that make sense? Who we are and where we are has changed, and that's the first thing I want us to see. Who we are and where we are has changed and where and who we are uh, is united with Christ that's in the colossians chapter 4 passage that we just read paul sees this as a past accomplishment 
and a fact. He said, you died, you have been raised with Christ. That's past, right? And as a result of that, he says, in your life is now hidden with Christ. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 12, he uses that same language of risen, you know, died and risen, and when he refers to our baptism, that's what happened. You died and you were raised. And now our life is hidden with Christ, and my identification has changed, and when it changed, it changed my location. And that's not a prophecy that somewhere down the future is going to take place. He's talking about present tense here. You are. That's where you are now. Who we are and where we are has changed. We have a place reserved for us at the banquet table of heaven. And we've been seated with him in the heavenly realm. So please be seated. And quit living if you are. Like you're not seated. Don't let Satan slip in there and convince you that that's not where you belong. Have you ever noticed he tries to do that? Well, I, I determined a while back that I wasn't going to believe Satan anymore. I was just going to believe what God said. And God said, you've been seated at the right hand of, with Jesus in the heavenly realm. Number two, if I'm seated with Christ at the right hand of God, I have continual access to God. Have you ever studied the Old Testament sacrificial system? Probably a lot of us have, and if, if you have, you know that in the old tabernacle and later the temple there was those items of furniture. There was the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, the table of showbread, the candlestick, and in the Holy of Holies there was the Ark of the Covenant. And there's something that is conspicuously missing, and that's a chair. There's no chair under that old sacrificial system. And you know why there was no chair? Is because their work was never done. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 3, it says, In those sacrifices there is a reminder of sin yearly. Year after year. Every year they had to come back and do the same old thing and throughout the year offer those sacrifices. And in and in that, there was that voice saying to them, there's still a sin problem. The sin problem still exists. But Jesus came along and he paid our sin debt once and for all and completely. And Hebrews 8 verse 1 says, Now the main point in what has been said is this, We have such a high priest who has taken his seat. You see what that means, don't you? No seat in the tabernacle. No seat in the temple. But Jesus came and he offered his sacrifice and sat down at the right hand of God in the majesty in heaven, which says, My work is done. And not only was it done, 
But we need to get our minds around the fact that it was sufficient and complete. And there's nothing that we can or need to add to it. But boy, sometimes we really try, don't we? And we think we hadn't, well, I hadn't been good enough. I doubt if I'll go to heaven. Jesus was good enough, and you've been seated with him in the heavenly realm, so please be seated. Everything necessary to redeem you and to make me right before God has been done. So we can quit worrying about that one when it comes to trying to complete what Jesus was unable to do. You know, that's sometimes we think, well, he did this, but I've got to do this. And he did this much, but I've got to fill up the rest or balance the scales. Isn't that amazing? I just thought of this song that we've sung all our lives. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Really? Well, we ought to start believing what we sing because sometimes we think we have to add something to what Jesus did. Number three, if I'm really seated with Christ in the heavenlies, I can move boldly in the authority of Jesus to advance his cause here on earth. We don't have to be afraid anymore because of who we are and where we now live, where we sit. It changes the way we talk. It, it ought to change the way we walk. It ought to change how we live. He says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. When I get preoccupied with where I really sit as a Christian, it'll influence everything I do. Everything I do. It'll influence where I go, how I spend my money, how I treat other people, even the people that treat me badly, what I laugh at, what I don't laugh at. My values and priorities will take on a different light. But my problem is, my problem is, sometimes I get preoccupied with the temporary and the trivial and it's at those times that I need to say to myself and look in the mirror and say, Tim, why don't you remember where you've been seated? And quit acting like that. And then finally, and I love this one. Verse 4, he says, When Christ who is your life, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him. When I was growing up as a kid in church, I don't remember us ever saying we're saved. I remember my Baptist friends coming to school and saying, I got saved last night. And I, and I was thinking, no, you didn't. But it's okay for us to say we're saved because it's I'm looking at the clock. Okay. I had a story, but I'll save that for the next time if there is a next time. Remember where you've been seated. <coughs> All of us have a story. All of us have a story. It's an ongoing now. Sometimes uh, 
People want us to share our story. Sometimes we don't want to share our story because it's not too pretty. And there's chapters in our story that we're not real proud of. But all of us have a story, don't we? And here's one thing we can know. Because of who we are and where we live, no matter what our story is, our story will end in glory. You can put your full weight down on that. Look quickly again at what he said. You died, past tense. You've been raised with Christ, past tense. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God, present tense. And you also will appear with him in glory, future tense. You believe that? I believe that. I believe that, and I'll tell you what, it has made a great difference in the way I see the future. And it has made a great difference in the joy I have. And it will make a great difference in your life and some of the tough chapters that you might be going through right now. There's a place with your name on it at God's banquet table and you've been seated beside Jesus in the heavenly realm. So won't you please, please be seated while we stand and sing.